Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, July 20th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Prisons often provide a variety of job training programs. Now one is turning to beekeeping. That, that's all that's honey, honey right there. Honey. That shiny as nectar. It's not just about the honey. Beekeeping teaches valuable life skills, and we'll have that story in just a few minutes. Missouri health officials say it appears the Delta variant of COVID-19 is moving east along I-44. The Department of Health and Senior Services has issued a hotspot advisory for Phelps, Pulaski, and Laclede counties southwest of St. Louis. Those counties have recorded increases in COVID cases, prompting the notice from the state. Vaccination rates in those areas are below the state rate of roughly 40 percent. Now, as more Delta variant cases are reported closer to St. Louis, County Executive Sam Page says he has no plans at this point to reinstate mask and public gathering restrictions. Page says that could change depending on the guidance from public health officials. His comments come as the county partners with barbershops and beauty salons in North County to increase awareness about the COVID vaccine. As beauty salons and barbershops sign on, we'll provide posters, flyers, and other materials to shop owners so they can talk about the COVID-19 vaccine to their patrons. Page says the goal is to increase vaccination rates in North St. Louis County. School districts are trying to figure out the best approach to having students and staff back in the classroom this fall. And in Illinois, some have already announced masks will be an option. Governor J.B. Pritzker says that call should be made at the local level. I think that's very important, that kind of local control and decision-making, because it is true that different areas of the state suffer differently from COVID-19. CDC guidance for schools recommends masks for those who are unvaccinated, but the governor emphasizes it's not a requirement. As Pritzker continues to focus on the pandemic, he is also ending speculation about his political future. He will seek another term. Sean Crawford reports. The first-term governor and Lieutenant Governor Juliana Stratton say they have more to accomplish. The ticket issued a video on Monday that includes testimonials praising Pritzker's response to the pandemic. He trusted the science. He did what was necessary in order to keep us safe. This was a time when we had to get it right, and Governor Pritzker did it for us. The billionaire Democratic governor will enter the race with a huge fundraising advantage, thanks to his personal wealth. He added $35 million to his campaign fund in March, and there's plenty more where that came from. While the filing period for office is still months away, a registered nurse from Chicago, Beverly Miles, has announced she wants to challenge Pritzker in the primary. At least three Republicans have indicated they'll run next year. I'm Sean Crawford. A Missouri legislative committee has held a hearing on how race and racism is taught in schools without hearing from any black Missourians. No black parents, teachers, or scholars testified yesterday to the Joint Committee on Education during the invite-only hearing on critical race theory. It's a way of thinking about America's history through the lens of racism. Republican Senator Cindy O'Loughlin says she wanted to raise voices of critical parents who feel they have not been heard by their local schools. Democratic lawmakers and Missouri's NAACP president say the hearing was one-sided. A big part of a $300 million development in Midtown St. Louis will open August 11th. The food hall at City Foundry will start with 11 kitchens 
It has plans to expand to 20. The opening has been delayed during the pandemic. City Foundry is on the site of the former federal mogul plant. The development will include apartments, office, and retail space. Many in prison learn trades, like cooking or landscaping, to prepare for life after they are released. As Harvest Public Media's Katie Pikus reports, some prisons are doing something different. They're training inmates to work with bees. Clarinda Correctional Facility in southwest Iowa has three large gardens. Daryl's an inmate here, and he pulls something out to harvest. (laughs) Wow, look at that. Never in life would I ever think that. I only thought carrots were yellow (laughs) and orange. Daryl's seeing a black carrot for the very first time. The prison only lets first names be used. Daryl and about a dozen other inmates at the medium security prison are enrolled in an apprenticeship teaching inmates gardening, landscaping, and conservation. The real attraction, though, is beekeeping. Daryl, Jacob, and Clinton are dressed head-to-toe in baggy white protective suits with mesh beekeepers' hats to protect their faces from a half million bees. Want to start with this hive? Yeah. Okay. Try to, try to find the queen? Oh, uh, yeah, we can. They're not harvesting honey. They're just checking on the bees. They pump smoke into the air to calm them. So we just kind of smoke them down a little bit to kind of get them off the frame. They're lifting frames out of a white beehive, kind of like pulling files out of a filing cabinet. This, well, I'll just get it over there. Whoa, heavy. They're looking for the queen bee to make sure she's healthy. But on some of the honeycomb-filled frames, they see the tasty reward they work for. That—that's all that's honey, honey right there. Of honey. That shiny is nectar. They'll likely harvest the honey in August. The prison brands it as Bee Haven Honey. It'll keep some of the honey and give some away to local food pantries. Correctional Officer Gerald Nelson teaches beekeeping at Clarinda. He says a lot of guys are nervous to get near the bees when they first start, but they learn how to be calm and how to work together. One of the first things I did when we first started is take the guys down. Okay, now reach down and grab a bee and pick it up and not hurt it. Clarinda got its first bees in 2018, and it's one of the more popular programs. It's also popular in other places. Prisons in Missouri and Washington also offer beekeeping programs. Besides learning a new trade, inmates take away some psychological benefits, responsibility, accountability, and problem solving. There's a number of them that we've had leave here And when they earn my respect, they've done a real good job. One of those people is Newt Wright. He was in prison when the beekeeping program got started. Now he has a hive at his family farm about an hour northwest of Clarinda. He had two hives, but one didn't make it through the winter. And I had to get a new queen put in here. But this hive's doing pretty good still. The prison mailed him a beekeeping suit after he was released. That's something they offer for others enrolled in the program. Wright says beekeeping is like having 50,000 pets to care for. And these little guys like count on me to make sure that I keep them healthy. And uh, if they have mites or something, I need to get them treated with some medicine. Wright says beekeeping taught him how to work well with others. And there's research that prison animal programs help reduce fights, antisocial behaviors, and the chances of coming back to prison. That's something Philip Tedeschi has studied. 
He's a clinical professor at University of Denver's Graduate School of Social Work. He says animal programs put a person's empathy to work. And empathy is also closely connected to the commission of crime, particularly violent crime, is that when somebody has stronger capacity for empathy, they're less likely to engage in harmful behaviors towards others. Tedeschi's primarily studied programs where inmates work and live with dogs, but he says there's a parallel to bees. In both, inmates learn to care for animals, and that can change their experience in prison and life for the better. Katie Pikus, Harvest Public Media. Harvest Public Media covers agriculture in the Midwest. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.